TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you for episode 417, 417, eight years and one week to the day. And as always, on every single episode of 100 Not Out, it gives me the warm and fuzzies to shoot down to Melbourne to my brother from another mother, Australia's number one wellness expert, Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Hello, legend. Great to be here with you as usual, as always. We've had a great chat off air, um, actually, um, talking about our 100 Not Out longevity experience coming up in only a couple of weeks' time. And, um, and I'll tell you what, I'm pretty excited about it. It's great. That's not what we're going to be talking about today, but just our little chat um, off air before has me inspired, I have to tell you. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm grateful for everybody turning up today for our little chat. And uh, I'm excited too that. Uh, we're together once more. Now, just do me a favor. Don't jump the gun and come up here in a couple of weeks, as you say, for the longevity experience because it's still eight weeks away. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I don't. I mean, I, love, I mean, come up for in a couple of weeks, but yes. there'll be no one here. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, we'll be here, but you know. So, yeah. yes, uh, great point. This episode proudly brought to you by the 100 Not Our Byron Bay Longevity Experience, May 16 to 22. Uh, you can apply at 100notout.com. That's 100notout.com. Any questions, uh, just send an email on the website there. We would be uh, honoured to have you join us for a week in the number one wellness hotspot of uh, Australia and the unofficial blue zone of Australia called Byron Bay. (laughs) Now, Damo, I feel like this is new beginnings. We are eight years and a week old Mm -hmm. and a number of um, deep, seated conversations I feel like need to be had as we go into this, let's call it the second act of our time together on 100 Not Out. I've written down the words accountability, expectation, and this has come up in conversation uh, either with you or others, and I don't know how to say this, but we're all about mastering the art of aging well, Mm. and it is all about taking responsibility and accountability for your individual life. Yes. But the brutal truth is that most people, will not take responsibility for their health or their wealth or their career or their family dynamics or any other area of their life. And it's either you or someone else sharing with me that, you know, the sad truth is that something around between 80 and 90% of people, when told by the health professional what to do and how to do it in order to improve their health, will still not do it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the gluten intolerant, will not remove gluten from their diet. The diabetic will not remove sugar. The alcoholic will not stop drinking alcohol. The smoker will not stop smoking. So as we go into the second act of 100 Not Out, I think it is probably the most important conversation we can have as to how we can help, and help is the word, people listening and people not listening that may listen in the future, create a more accountable and responsible life so that, as corny as it sounds, the rest of their life will become the best of their life. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've got to look at triggers. You know, a lot of people's um, 
uh, desire to change uh, is is um, usually brought on by some kind of a trigger. Like what's going to be what's going to motivate them as a call to action. Um, last night I was watching a TV show. Um, to, it's a TV show that we're only just recently now watching. It's called Suits. Um, and in Suits, um, a guy comes in to sell his company, and he says, "Life short." Oh, that's why I'm selling my company. And um, the characters kind of, you know, talk about it, and they go, oh, "I don't understand why you want to sell your company." Um, this guy goes, "Well, look, life short." He says, "Life short within the space of like 40 seconds." You kind of get this sense that something shocked him into thinking, "Well, I've got to really kind of change." Um, my lifestyle so that I can live more. Um, I recognized this a couple of years ago, and you know this, PC. I've withdrawn myself from a lot of things, you know, so that I'm nowhere near as busy as what I used to be because I recognized that not only was life short, um, that your health, you only get once. So if you lose your health, it's very hard to gain back. Um, and so it's really important for me to maintain health as much as I possibly can so that I don't have necessarily a trigger that spurs me to action to be healthy, I actually have the opportunity to stay healthy. So then in this story from last night's TV show, um, this guy's younger friend who's 47 years old dies from pancreatic cancer. This is a story that people hear. This is almost like a real story. It's, it's not uncommon to hear of a young person dying from something that should not have happened and takes people too early. Um Another guy that I, I know um, was thought to have had a heart attack the other day who's young, only just turned 60, it's a heart attack, and so all of a sudden that becomes like a big call to action. How do I change my life? Um, one of my best mates, heart attack last year, 46 years old. And so you kind of start to think, what what's the trigger for me to be healthy and not necessarily um, just change my diet? It's how do I live a healthy life and how do I bring in healthy behaviors? And it's starting with, I think, what is the easiest one. So you and I talk about what do you do in a longevity space? What do you do in the blue zones? And it could be just sitting down to have dinner with your family and friends and having a conversation. Mm -hmm. And what you and I discovered and have discovered throughout our, our, all of our chats over the last eight years and one week uh, has been that it's not necessarily the diet that you follow. It's how you eat your food, who you're eating your food with, and the stories that you might share at the dinner table. Uh, because you could be doing a keto program that's the healthiest version of food for you, um, but do that watching the news and it's infuriating you and all of a sudden you've got a toxic diet, um, even though you're in ketosis. Um, or maybe you're a vegan um, and you're so angry and so uptight um, that your friend bought leather shoes um, that all of a sudden um, you know, you've know you lost perspective around the reason why you're doing it. Yes, it could be for the animals, but now you're eating food because you're angry at a situation and that may or may not actually be improving your health and well-being. So I think to take the keys and the secrets of those that have lived a long time is really important. And one of those things would be work out how you're eating, not what you're eating. And then how are you moving, not what you're doing to move. Um, and Ravi was on the other day uh, and we were talking about whether or not you go and run a marathon or whether or not you go and do CrossFit or whether or not you go and um, you know swim 3Ks a day, whatever it is. Uh, that's not in line with how people live a long time. Um, the way in which people live a long time is to move, not necessarily to exercise their butts off. So you can't, doesn't mean you can't. You, you shouldn't um, exercise your butts off. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't stick to a particular type of eating program, but the healthy approach um, or the longevity approach is not to be so extreme, if that makes sense. 
This is huge. I'm so glad we are talking about this and there are a number of people watching us on Facebook Live at 100 Not Out. Spell it all out um, if you uh, haven't looked at this on live before. But, Damo, I've written down a number of notes that you've said there and I've circled or shall I say more accurately, I've rectangled other people. You mentioned other people and you spoke about dinner and other things. But I wonder if the trigger to poor accountability and and breaking the um, recommendations of health professionals, so to speak, or not following them is because the relationships that people have with other significant people in their life, whether it's spouse, whether it's colleagues, whether it's children, whether it's siblings and on a deeper level themselves, if that is almost the number one reason why people aren't owning the fact that life is short because they are clouded by their relationships with others. Okay. Yeah, could be. Do you mean clouded in as in like a bad way? Like they Well, you you just said um, that, you know, if we were having dinner with yep. people, yeah, having conversation rather than watching the news. Yeah. But what I'm trying to work out is, you know, I'll put you know, we'll do a visual of, of you in practice. So you've got a I'll do I'll do Sarah actually in the old days. So when Sarah's in practice, she says, Right, oh Johnny Bloggs, um some when you're not seeing me, I'd like you to do these rehabilitative um spinal hygiene exercises to help improve certain element or whatever it is, your shoulder, whatever it is. Yeah. Now um, you could do this with, with diet, right? It's really important that you go and you eat this certain way. My challenge is or my my curiosity is if someone's marriage is terrible, they're all alone, they've got no social support network that empowers them, that they are far more likely to defy those recommendations because every other part of their life outside of their time with you does not support them as a human being. They get told they're not good enough, that whether it's at work or at home or in their friendship circles. And so they don't have almost like this self-esteem to go, you know what, folks, life's short. I'm selling my business. I'm ending that marriage. I'm cutting out that crap food yeah. because they haven't quite yet found the oh, to go, I'm going to excel at this. Well, this is the pain point. You know, and we often talk about that. Well, I think LT actually used to talk about the pain point all the time. So he would say, what's your pain point? What's your pain point? You know, what point do you pull the trigger to actually uh, do the things that you need to do to get the results that you're looking for? You know, so um, in this case, in, in this situation, do you have to be diagnosed with diabetes um, before you stop having three snakes per snack? Um, do you have to... Um, be diagnosed with heart disease um, before you start to limit the amount of processed carbohydrates you put in your diet. Do you have to, um, I, I don't know, be, have failing relationships before you start to communicate? So, or you know, is, is what's your pain point? What actually is your trigger to to do this? And I think this is very individual, PC. And but you, I think you know, being a master of this, you know, kind of conversation. Um, and life purpose and having an exceptional life, you might be able to share some examples here or some wisdom as to what are the pain points for people. Well, you were just reading my mind because Summer Daly says, oh, man, this is me all over. Mm -hmm. um, and she also says she's starting to make changes, but she has a long way to go. Hello to Debbie Bunyard. Um, so I attempted to quit smoking, I would say, at least 10 times before 
it actually before it worked. And the reason why I say it worked is because the only time I've ever successfully quit smoking is when I had a girlfriend. Her name was Sarah. I was like, I'm going to marry this girl, and she's a chiropractor who eats well, moves well, thinks well, yep. and is repulsed by the smell <laughs> of cigarettes. So repulsed. Coming into the bed after a night, you know, at work and the rest. And it wasn't, and I still remember the conversations going, babe, it's only three cigarettes a day. And I'm sure I've told this story many times. Like, babe, you know, stop your, you know, get off my back. It's like three cigarettes a day. It's not like a pack a day, you know. And then she's like, all right, how many? And, and then she got me at my own game. She's like, well, how many cigarettes a day, how many cigarettes a year is three cigarettes a day? And I was like, I did my best Bruce McAvaney. And I was like, right, let's do the stats, you know, three a day. Let's just say there's 300 odd days a year. That's a thousand, a thousand cigarettes a year. That's 10,000 cigarettes a decade. Now, what's your three cigarette per day habit like? And then I was like, okay, well, 10,000 cigarettes is that going to make my my children? If if I'm going to get married and have children with Sarah, are, that, are the kids going to be healthier or, or less healthy with that? You know, what impact would that have on me as a dad? What I'm saying here is that sometimes, and even for me, I'm a very selfish Leo firstborn male. I was like, I could not quit smoking for me. I struggled to quit smoking for me. When the accountability was put in, in, the, in the reference of someone else that I cared for a lot, my, my, my girlfriend, future wife, you know, future potential children, it, it became a lot easier, like a, a truckload easier to make a change. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel that whenever we're interviewing people and the rest, I still remember like Heather Lee started walking fast because her husband said on his deathbed, now it's time to show your mettle. Dexter Kruger, Australia's oldest human being at 111, only started writing when his wife died. It's because his wife died. He wasn't writing when his wife was alive. It was kind of like a way to kind of honour the marriage and honour the gratitude he had for his marriage to go, you know, you told me to make something of my life whilst you weren't here. So I still feel like accountability, as much as it is for us and and change, like long-term change still has a massive effect or it's more likely to happen when it's not just about us, when it's beyond us as an individual. Yes, I agree. I agree. How And however... I'm going to say and however because it's not however only, it's and however because I agree. But also uh, some people uh, want to excel at something and it's not until they're ready to recognize what it is that they need to do to achieve whatever that's going to be um, that they make those decisions. So I'm aware of people that want to improve their golf game, for example. Um, They put up with pain, so they take their Nurofen or paracetamol or whatever it is. They get a little bit overweight. They're not swinging through with the club as well as what they should and it's not until they realize that they can't get any better that they go, I better make a change and then it's pointed out to them that this is what they've got to do to make the change and then they do. So yes, sometimes yes, it's yes. that people don't know what it is that they've got to do. Yes, the information's out there. Yes, the information's out there. But like Pete says, it's the motivation. So Pete says here the motivation of not, not losing Sarah um, or the motivation of not having sick children, or the motivation—it wasn't a financial thing for you because that wasn't a consideration. No, cigarettes right? were cheap back then, mate. Five bucks. <laughs> oh, I know you could smoke. Benson like, hedges extra mild. Oh Jeez. yeah, twenty twenty bucks for forty-eight. I don't know. I wouldn't have a clue. But it's um, so you know, it's it's 
what is your trigger? Like, what is it that you're trying to get better at? Like, are you trying to get better at being healthy? Are you trying to get better at living long? Are you trying to get better at having better bowel motions? I had to get poo in there. Are you better? Uh, are you better? Wanting to get better at golf? What you know? What is it that you wanted to get better at? Because that could, in fact, be the driver. For me, and I'll share this with you and everybody. Uh, for me, when you pointed out to me that I was so scared to turn forty. Um, and we should do a podcast, it became for me about understanding what was important to do that would enable me to live a long time. Does that mean that I still have fear around um, premature mortality? And and the answer is yes. So, But that isn't necessarily what you know motivates me into action. It's not the fear of dying early. It's that am I – is there anything else that I could do that um, – could in, it enhance my chances of living a long life like my grandfather. So I think more about that necessarily than fear driving me. It's I kind of go, okay, what else could I be doing? And it's not necessarily, okay, I better be stricter on my diet. It's not necessarily I better be stricter in my exercise. It's like, am I being more mindful about what I'm eating? Am I being mindful enough about how I'm moving? Am I being mindful enough about the conversations that I'm having? Am I being mindful enough about um, enjoyment of life um, and smiling and laughing and having conversations? So these are the things that you know people do who are living a long time. You don't find a grumpy person. Well, you do because we do know of one person who doesn't want to be old. Um, who does? Who just wants to die? Doesn't want to live a long time. <laughs> like, why do I? If I hadn't known I was going to live a long time, I would have killed myself ages ago. Uh, but like for us, it's the pursuit of longevity. You know, so yeah. Who who's that person? I don't know who you're talking about. Remember, um, there was an interview uh, on ABC. You can't ask that, or maybe it was SBS. And, oh um, yeah, you can't ask that. I still haven't watched that series. Yeah, I and there was a guy on there. Um, I can't remember who he was, but he had really stinking thinking, like. You know what? What's the secret to living a long life? He's like, I, I wish I didn't know because oh, I, wow. you know, it was like, are you happy to live a long life? No, I feel trapped. No. I'd rather be dead. You know, it was that kind of thing. It was funny. It was That's funny. brutal. But yeah, yeah um, sadly, there are too many examples of people that took their own life because they just did not like what the future held in their in their view. Yeah, Nothing that they could even true. tell. It was, but they were certain that it wasn't going to be compelling, which is yes. just just is yeah, incredible. Um, so you, you mentioned pain. There's, like you said, there's a pain and pleasure dance here, and I know Pete's termed it, you know, in away from motivation towards from motivation. I always, you know, think of you. Yeah, what is the motive for doing something? And I think we're all saying the same thing here. There is very much a personal aspect. You're doing it for you, and then there's also the consequences of that behaviour. Yes. On 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 others. So I think the golf game example is a perfect example because it seems like a selfish hobby but it's not because the person that loves their golf game comes back as a happier person to be around even if they've had a tough game you know sometimes you do this episode this podcast after a bad round (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's true you're still happy at least on the podcast yeah Um, no but what a great thing to be able to do like imagine you get a chance to do something that you love two or three times a week um, whether it be going to CrossFit, whether it be swimming, whether it be cooking a meal for your friends or your family, uh, whether it be catching up with a friend, have a coffee with, you know, and sit around and tell some stories and laugh. Like if everything that you did every single day was a punish, like it's going to be harder to live a long time. If you're doing the things that you enjoy um, and you can also improve at them or do a better job with them or engage better people with them, whatever it is, uh, you know, you 
it, it's isn't that more of a joy? Isn't that a great thing? I think absolutely. so. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to take in here. There's a lot to take in. Um, I think for people listening or watching, definitely consider if you're driven by pain or pleasure. I think mm-hmm. we have to acknowledge that many people are driven by pain. It's the saber-toothed tiger effect that, again, I first heard in chiropractic and we have to acknowledge that often the pain of something is what triggers us into an action but it doesn't have to always be that way and if you can identify areas of your life that you want more pleasure in, then you can take accountability for going towards something that you want Mm -hmm. and you don't need to have a stick behind you beating you to kind of make it happen. Yeah. But don't don't also be hard on yourself if there are areas of your life that, you know, um, subconsciously you actually do wait for pain to occur before you take action. And there are, there can't be everything in your life where you, where you are so proactive in front of you've got it sorted. There are going to be one or two areas and maybe more where you are um, waiting for something to happen. And I don't think we necessarily have to go and – uh, shift it, but we just have to be, I think, mindful of the consequences. I think that's the brutal side of it here. It's our responsibility. If the SHIT hits the fan, I, I've said this before. I put my hand up, like I'm not moving enough at this stage of my life. I just, I just know it. Um, but I also know that um, part of me is going. But right now, at this stage of life, it's actually I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing well enough. And it's not the best belief. But then there's other areas of my life where I'm way more proactive, way more oh, yeah. responsible, way more whatever it is. Uh, but knowing that's the case I think is the most – that's where it's responsibility because it's not like we can point the finger and go, oh, this happened to me because of something else someone else didn't do. No, it's it's it all comes down to us. And I feel like that's where a lot of us kind of miss the memo. We're still pointing the finger out rather than going, it's all on me. Yes, and I would also like to add um, to that it's not it's not good or bad that you are moving enough or not. Like it's not good or bad, it just is. And so I think in achieving longevity, it's the pursuit of being kinder to oneself um, as well as thinking of ways in which you can actually improve your being um, and rather than you doing. You know, like some, I don't know who says it, like we're human beings, not human doings. Um, and so, you know, we should be uh, enabling ourselves to feel good about the decisions that we make. And if we make a bad decision, don't punish ourselves over it because it's just one bad shot. You know what I mean? Like a, it's a metaphor from a golf perspective. Like if you spray the ball once, that's fine. Like if you have a bad round, that's okay. You're actually going to come back and play golf again. So if you've had one bad round, which is one bad week, or if it's one bad month, it doesn't mean that it's a really wrecked for the rest of your life. If you continue to play bad golf, you're not learning from your lessons. If you continue to eat bad food, you're not learning from your lessons. If you continue to, um, you know, be sedentary, then you're not learning from the lessons. Mm-hmm. So think about ways in which you can do it, but don't punish yourself for it. You know, for, oh, for not making it. Sage advice. Mm. Telling you, it's why you're older and wiser than I am. It's wisdom. That's <laughs> watching wisdom. Watching young blokes like you get job done. That I go, ah, oh, it's pretty good, PC. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Uh, this has been a fun episode, Damo. I'm glad we hit the ground running in what I'm loosely calling Act Two of our time together on 100 Not Out. 
eight years and one week to the day. If our listeners and viewers want more conversations like this, you are warmly invited to join us in Byron Bay for our 2021 100 Night Out Longevity Experience. It is uh, May 16 to 22. All the details and the application is yeah. over at 100notout.com. Yeah. Go there. I'm going to actually type this in the comments, 100notout.com. Uh, whilst you do that, I would like to uh, tell everyone to go to damienchristoph.com for all of the wisdom from Damo. Uh, you can get everything you need there for myself, marcuspierce.com.au. And to everyone who makes this podcast possible, particularly our 100 Not Out community, we love you. We thank you. Uh, we appreciate your support of our message. And until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.